Hey, welcome. It is seven minutes after 11 o'clock. Got some local news we're going to kind of get you up to date on, uh, along with uh, Hulu and their 1619 project, which uh, apparently they're, they're doing a docu-series full of inaccuracies, but that doesn't stop the left because the end justifies the means. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll kick that around a little later on. Uh, and, of course, uh, your phone calls as well. Uh, right now, though, we're going to kick this over to uh, the news god. That, of course, is Brian Houseworth. We were talking about you, Mr. Houseworth, a little earlier. Thank you, Gary. I didn't get to hear it, but I had the, had the radio on the monitor, but I've been busy on a couple stories. It was so. all good. Trust us. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> all, all, no all good. No sense in going back and listening to it. I'm water <laughs> yeah. into the dam here. Under the I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. All good. Thank you, buddy. Whew. Boy, that was close. <laughs> I'm afraid he'd go back and find out what we really said. Oh. <laughs> uh, proposed homeless shelter near Business Loop goes before Columbia City Council tonight. Yes, sir. You know, this is a this is an interesting issue, to say the least, and it is uh, people have strong opinions on both sides. Uh, I do have a couple of stories up on our website, 939theeagle.com, and uh, I also link to, uh, Gary, an interview that DeCarlin Seawood had done on Fred Perry's show about three or four weeks ago, where he, again, he's an, this is an estimate, he believes there's anywhere from 100 to 200 homeless residents in town. So basically, uh, very quickly, kind of, because I'm sure you'll have follow up questions. There is some new information. Mr. Seawood wrote a four page report to the Columbia City Council, and I actually link to that uh, on our website, 939theeagle.com. There's some new information there. But basically, what they're looking at is a 100 to up to 120 bed homeless shelter. It would be near the power plant in the former VFW Post building. For people who have not been back there, it's very hard to, you'd, you'd have a hard time finding it, but basically there's a little road. It's not gravel, it's a road. I want to say it's Ashley Street, and it's right there. If you know where um, Kubota, there's a Kubota dealer across the street, Water and Light, there's a little street you can take uh, near the power plant, and that would take you back to the old VFW post. There's a lake back there. There's some picnic tables. I actually spoke one time. Chuck Basie and Cherie had invited me to speak to the uh, pachyderms about news coverage a couple of years ago, and that's the first time I didn't realize there was a building back there. But that is that's that that secondary building that they bought the city bought the VFW post. It would basically be near that property, and we're talking about uh, um, you know pretty large size building. Uh, you know we're talking about twenty six thousand square feet, if you will. And uh, the, a couple of things have, I think are new uh, about this in the report. Number one, the clients are to be single men and women who are homeless. Uh, that had not been specified before, at least, uh, you know, nothing I had heard. Also, uh, I think what's new here, and I've read all the previous reports, if it's been in there, I just don't remember it. And I don't think so. I, I'm pretty good about, you know, taking notes and saving all my reports. But the maximum duration of stay would be 90 days. A lot of the other things that they're looking at building there we knew about um the kitchen their capability is something new they're looking at serving about 200 evening meals daily they'll be for the staff members they'd be able to eat as well but they'd have a computer lab because they want people to try to find jobs etc pet kennels they know a lot of the homeless people have dogs laundry that is something that they say the the homeless need to be able to do uh, obviously showers etc and uh, you know in in as you can imagine gary obviously there's some support for this some people are supportive of it because they believe that it's the right thing to do they're going to use 
uh, ARPA money to uh, to provide this. I don't have all the funding details. We'll learn some of that tomorrow and even tonight. There's a actually a um, a work session between the county commission and the and the city council, and they're going to talk about this a little bit more tomorrow. But there is opposition to it. And, and there's a couple couple different fact, uh, factions, if you will. I shouldn't say factions, but a couple different reasons why people oppose it. I've heard complaints from people that just think this is a bad idea in general, um, that just feel like they're going to panhandle anyway. You know, we've certainly heard that, heard that concern. But the other concern that I have heard, and I actually when I went down there this week and I drove just to see what the sidewalks that a few listeners have talked about, and some say there are no sidewalks in that area. That is true. I, I drove into that area, and, and there are no sidewalks. And then others have complained about a lack of services in the area. Now, the supporters would point out you'd have be able to do job training, et cetera. But it's not easy. And I didn't walk it. I was in my car. But it would not be easy right there to walk if you were trying to get to... Well, if you were going down the business loop, let's say you were trying to get to, and I'm just going to pick a business that would be west of that. Let's just pick Midas. Let's say somebody is applying for a job at Midas, the tire store, or Shilby's, or Lee's Tire, which is just down the street, any of those. Right. He's really into auto repair this morning, <laughs> yeah, folks. Exactly. But they're all all in the same general area. Once, until you get to you know a couple of those places, it would not be easy to walk that. There used to be a hotel or a motel that has since been torn down, but the, the lack of sidewalks is definitely a concern that I've heard. But it is scheduled for a vote. That doesn't mean it will be voted on tonight. They could table it, but that is the uh, the issue tonight. Mr. Seawood is recommending approval, but he, he wants several conditions uh, established as well. None of them are... They're all fairly, I would call them routine, these conditions, basically stuff we've already heard about. But uh, that's kind of where we're at right, right now. And if people want to read his full report, I do link to it four pages on the website. Did they use eminent domain to get this building? No. No. They did not. Uh, that's a great question. They did not use eminent domain. Uh, let me pull up my story. I want to say it was $900,000 they spent on the, uh, I was close, $865,000. So, no, they did not use eminent domain. It's a great question. The VFW Post, and they, they wanted to sell based on their letter. I actually called the VFW Post, left them a message, and never did hear back. So, I can only go by on their letter at the Post sent out to the city and two things they said in there number one and it was also a letter to their own members they have had an, and we see this at vfw posts across the country kind of an aging membership if you will gary um and i remember growing up in north st louis county and and we were even hearing about that in the 80s so a lot of their members unfortunately are elderly now and can't get there and then a number of them also passed away so they feel like um and they also say a lot of the homeless that they believe in town are actually veterans. So they supported this. What the city did, it wasn't eminent domain. The city used ARPA money, which is federal money. It is tax money, as you've pointed out. That's certainly correct. It is federal money, though. $865,000. They purchased the building, which is the VFW post. They did also purchase the parking lots. 
and um, there is there are some picnic tables in there. Now, whether they stay or not, that would also go to the uh, to the city as well. That's all part of it. It's about eight hundred sixty five thousand dollars. The city is also looking at spending close to five hundred thousand dollars on building improvements. That building is older. I never could get a good age for it. Uh, Chuck Basie, I'm sure, is listening. Maybe he knows, but I know that building probably just looking at it has been there since the 70s and maybe before that VFW post. And I base that on some of the pictures on the wall. Um, it might be older than that. But no, that was all used using ARPA money. Into to, to It is a little complicated because the building we're talking about, the 120-bed facility, would be near it. So the, the VFW post is going to be used as well, and then the 120-bed shelter would be next to it. There's also a couple of houses. They're hard to see, but I'd say two to four houses. And uh, I can't tell if one of them is a- occupied or not. It's just hard to see, but there's there are homes and there are cars I saw. I didn't see any people, but there are some residents who live in that area, which is very hard to see from the road, but they're basically, it's kind of hidden off between the interstate and the business loop. It'd be hard to see it until you drive back to the back. Like I said, these picnic tables and uh, um, and, and like I said, it is a lake that is behind the power plant. All right. If you'll hang on, because uh, I got a news break, or not a news break, but uh, literally the shortest break of the hour. Okay. Uh, and then we'll come back. We got phone calls. Mark is first in line. Uh, I've got a few questions. And uh, we'll follow up on this, and then we'll talk about utility bills, too, because there's an interesting piece on that. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show. Brian Housworth, Zimmer News God with us on the Zimmer Radio Network. 20 minutes after 11. And uh, we've got uh, Brian Housworth, News God for Zimmer Radio, on with us, uh, talking about uh, this homeless shelter near the business loop. And, uh, Brian, who did you say, how did this deal get made? What? Well, the the in terms of the you know the specifics of the uh, there's there's the, the I think the big thing was earlier, which is the VFW post that was eight hundred and sixty five thousand dollars to purchase that, and then the the issue tonight would be the issue to build it tonight would be essentially the um, uh, basically it would be the permit to allow this building uh, to proceed. Basically, is how that would happen. All right, um, let me go to the phones here because Mark's been hanging on for a while. i got to get him in. Sure. Mark, good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. And you guys? Doing well, I'm thank fine. you. Thank you. I have a question for Brian. I thought tonight was the one right across the street from Lawn and Leisure. Farm Power, the used to be John Deere's Kubota. Not the one for VFW tonight. I well, thought this was the one for the Voluntary Action Center. Yeah, it it is, but it's it is still close to the VFW. It would be nearby, but but you're, you're basically the land would be near Kubota, but it would be near that building. It's not far from that building, um, and it, it, right. it you know. So I I consider that all basically in the same area as the municipal power plant. But you're absolutely correct. Um, and again, the sidewalks apply to both. I mean, that building that is at the VFW. In the, in the new proposal, it doesn't mean it's going to be a vote. Uh, I've been careful to say it's scheduled for a vote because we, we know that they could table it, for instance. But that is at least what is on the agenda for tonight. But you're absolutely right. There's a Kubota. There's several businesses, sir, across the street as I was coming out. And uh, some of them appear to be abandoned. Uh, uh, that Napa Auto Parts looks like it's been abandoned for a while. And then Water and Light is not that far uh, as well over there. 
No, but the ones behind uh, Lawn and Leisure, I know one of the appliance buildings has a storage right before you go underneath the railroad tracks. Yes, yes. There's two or three businesses down the side street over there. Yes. And the, basically the city thumbed their noses at those guys, and two of those guys were big contributors to the Voluntary Action Center. So to to what those guys have raised over the years and then to thumb your noses, I I would hope they do away with it. But I know that a city council person purchased the land and made a sweet deal with the Voluntary Action Center to give them the land. Mm-hmm. You know, that'll come up, I'm sure, tonight. Uh, that was supposed to go to the, uh, to the, they were reviewing that, and I don't have all the details on that because I believe that's going to come up tonight. But, uh, but that was, the, they were looking at ethically whether that could happen. That is not mentioned in the city council report um, that is on the, at least in Mr. Seawood's report, I can tell you that. All right, Mark, well, I got to run. I appreciate the call. Thank you. It's amazing you guys remember Kubota and all this stuff. And all I can think of is, is there a Dairy Queen on the other side of the street just a little ways up? That's a that's a little bit further down. That's yeah, a little bit further down. But no, that and, and you know the um what I was not aware, and I again I read all the packets and stuff, I did not I knew there were a couple of businesses across the street that the gentleman is referring to. I did not know um, that they um, have contributed to the Voluntary Action Center, but it would be run and operated by the VAC, the, the Voluntary Action Center, if this proposal goes through. Um, and again, um, we'll see what happens, but there definitely is some opposition to it um, f- from people who have a variety of concerns, but there's also support for it as well. Uh, let me go to the phones. Roger is on the line. Roger, good morning. Hey, good morning, Gary. Uh, that pond there between the VFW, the former VFW, and the power plant yes. used to be a sludge pit for the ash that came out of the power plant when they burned coal. The city has spent a ton of money cleaning that out, dredging out the old residue, and there was talk of making that into a city park with a nice little lake in there. And I wouldn't think that a homeless shelter directly across the street from a city park would be very good usage for either one of those pieces of land. You know, I remember talk about that as well, um, and they have spent money on that. Uh, there, there were EPA was involved, um, and and I do see people who have been back in there uh, working in that. I don't know the. I've not heard any recent talk about making that into a park. So certainly, there's not. It's certainly no proposal right now. I would tend to think, and again, this is just my gut feeling. Certainly, there's no proposal right now, but. It would be hard for people to find that location. You know where it is. I know where it is. But but that little road is very hard to find. And again, until um, the pachyderms invited me to go back and speak at that VFW post about news coverage, I had a heck of a time even finding the road to get back there. Um, but no, there's been no recent talk about turning that into a park. Uh, but you're correct. That lake is very close to the VFW. I mean, it's right there, and it's going to be fairly close to the area we're talking about tonight. All right. Right. Yeah, I, I belong to the Pachyderms, and they spent a lot of time and money digging that lake out and to make it clean water, I believe. And they need to figure out what they're going to do with the whole area before they decide what to do on one specific part of it. And All of right. course, you've got the municipal power plant there, too, which is a huge investment, sir. Roger, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Thank you, Roger. Uh, Steve, good morning. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. 
Thanks, Gary. Um, I had a friend that bought a house right there on the corner of Stone and Lakeview, and he is pissed about this whole thing. Uh, he doesn't want those people around there. And my next question is, uh, are those people allowed to bring in their drugs and alcohol? Because if they're not, they're not going to stay in there. Um, couple things, sir. Uh, number one, I would encourage your friend uh, who feels very strongly about it and obviously is opposed. I'd encourage him to go to he the is. city to go to the council meeting tonight and testify. Yeah, he is. Uh, and, and it's good to hear. And obviously, people that feel on one side or the other, they're encouraged to go as well. No, they're not supposed to be bringing drugs into the facility. Now, will they or will they not? I, you know, that, that has been a concern. And part of the issue that we're even in this discussion, if you remember, um, caller and, and Gary, is there were so many complaints about the homeless around the uh, the Wabash, that uh, the bus station, where customers were saying they were being harassed, et cetera, um, and they felt unsafe. So that's kind of the area they went to. But no, they're not supposed to bring in drugs. Uh, and also, the other thing is, they're, according to this report, they have to be single men and women. They'd only be able to stay for up to 90 days. And the idea, too, uh, would be to be looking for work in using the uh, the computer lab, et cetera. So that's that's at least the idea. We'll yeah. see. We'll see if that actually happens. And of course, it, there's no guarantee it's going to pass tonight. Well, I I uh, I, uh, I I hope the best for those people, but uh, most of those people they don't want to be told what to do. So thank right. you. Appreciate it. Thank Steve, you. Sir. Thank you, uh, Brent. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Brent? Yes. yes sir. Uh, my question is, and I've never heard, uh, where did the VFW move? The the VFW was going to move, and I don't have their current location. I don't think they had picked out a location as of the, the last time. See, part of the problem, and if they're listening, maybe they can give me a call. I, I, I can tell you that I did try to... Uh, to call them, and I know how busy they are, and they're just, you know, the, a lot of them are volunteers, and maybe they didn't get the the message, but I don't have, the, the, the website still lists their address is Ashley Street, but the building in the post has been sold, so I don't know if they're still, until everything's, you know, fixed up, if they're, like, temporarily doing that, but they are definitely looking for a new location at last check, but I've not heard where that would be. They were definitely looking, for, I'm going from memory, sir, on a smaller location, something that would be, they'd be able to use the money, $865,000, and then I think there'd be maybe another 50000 somewhere, as I recall, but it was basically eight hundred eight hundred sixty-five to 900000 to, they could use that money to uh, to build a new building, and they, they were very confident they'd find one, but to the best of my knowledge, unless they have one, I'm not aware of it. All right, Brent, thank you very much for the call. Glad to have thank you on the Gary Nolan Show. Just under a minute, Chris, go fast. <laughs> now you tell me. Uh, yeah, I found it interesting. The big complaint at the Wabash Center was we were having to spend like a whole $200 a day for security. Uh, so we're going to spend millions of dollars for this. And we're, aren't we going to have to have security at this place, too? And that road goes up there, goes around behind the city uh I don't know, garage and whatever, and then hits another street. And there's a bunch of residences over there on that street on the other end of it. And yep. then it comes out down around, I think, Lee Tire or somewhere. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, okay. that's it, it. Does that the road? It, you'd have to know where it is, but exactly that. You're you're right about that road going around. The security is is again. We'll learn some of the details about that security at that facility is not addressed in this council report. All right, Chris, got to run. Thank you for the call. Thank if you. you've got if you got time, Brian, uh, the city council is going to challenge the utility bill late fee scheme. Can you explain that? Yeah, I can do that quickly when we come back. All right, Gary Nolan, Thank Zimmer you, Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. Hey, welcome. It is uh, 35 minutes after 11 o'clock. Uh, we've been uh, chatting with uh, news god uh, Brian Houseworth. And uh, coming up, we're going to talk about uh, utility bills. Uh, and we'll do that in a minute. Bill just sent me a message. Hi, uh, Brian Houseworth said he could explain it quickly. Okay. Uh, well, it's pretty complex talking about the uh, vfw buy and uh, the property and all that uh but anyway we're going to find out about this the utility bills uh, apparently now this is from columbia heart uh, well let's let's just go right to brian and it's, it's that'll be easier uh brian welcome back hey thank you so much gary i appreciate i appreciate all the your great questions the callers as well um well, you're welcome. That's what we do, you know. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. City Council is uh, challenging the utility bill late fee. Uh, what's going on? Well, it, what it boils down to, this is going to come up tonight, uh, and I've not done a story on this one yet, but I have def- definitely have read the, the proposal. This is a staff report that is going to come up tonight and is scheduled for a vote. It is staff that is proposing to amend the city code to provide a postponement in the assessment of late fees. Uh, There was a staff report that was provided back in September to the council. Some were concerned about low-income utility customers. Um, So basically, the extension guidelines... Um, basically, there's there's a couple things here. Number one, the utility customer, if this were to go through, they'd have to contact utilities prior to the, the bill due date to avoid late fees. And they'd need to be in current status. And then you'd be able to extend the due date for up to 21 days, which apparently is similar to a medical extension that's already in effect. Uh, and if someone is disconnected twice for non-payment, they would be removed from the program and late fees would apply. Uh, there, it's a three-page, actually four-page, forgive me, uh, council report, and it, it gives the number. Uh, Columbia Ballpark has about it, ballpark, let's say, one hundred thirty to one hundred thirty-five thousand people. Obviously, not that many uh, people that are customers of utilities because some are married and some have children, etc. But there is a they give a number of how many people have been late or at least charged late fees in the past several months. In August, Gary, it was 11,360. In September, 11,266. Dipped down to 9,600 in October. And the last month we have available is November of 2022, $10,178. Now, the majority of them, uh, and I don't have the percentages, but uh, for instance, in August of 2022, let's say 11,360, Almost 8,500 of them paid within the month. So generally speaking, the majority, but not all, do pay these late these late fees and get their bills paid within the uh, month. But there are, um, in fact, there are close to 2,000 customers who are 10 to 11 months uh, that are late right now. So, by the way, Columbia has 66,000 active utility accounts, uh, which 
that's up from where it was, but that, that, that ballpark makes sense. We have a total of 28,000 residential customers that have been late. That doesn't mean all the time, maybe once. That's about 43%. It could be someone that was one time, or it could be in a couple of cases, they're all linked in together, people that haven't paid at all. So that is where they're at right now. This is an extension uh, that would go into effect if the council uh, approves this on March the 1st. Also, there are about 1,600 utility customers that received utility assistance at least one time from Health and also from the CMCA, um, uh, which is a, a civic organization uh, in town. And um, so that gives you some idea. But, you know, there are going to be some, no question, that, uh, you know, are going to pay the bill. But this is something the staff has recommended uh, but I do expect this probably is going to pass tonight. I do. Uh, and I assume you can't turn off the utilities in the middle of winter? That is a... Okay, this is a very good question. It is a... It's Columbia Water and Light. And it's, for instance, the co-ops are... They're, they don't... Uh, they're not covered by the cold weather rule. I believe, and this is very complicated, I believe that it is Columbia Water and Light is covered under it but regardless when we get into the sub freezing temperatures we're talking about below freezing um they don't do that anyway they don't do that anyway and whether you're covered by cold weather rule which is a state law a state really policy more than anything else um the city in fact every utility i am aware of doesn't do that anyway if, if you have people that, that that need electricity and it's 10 degrees outside they do not cut off your electricity now when it gets above freezing they certainly can but but uh but yes that is kind of where we're at right now but obviously it you know looking at these numbers uh august september october it wouldn't be a cold weather rule they may have been dealing in august with uh, electricity bills and air conditioning um the only other thing i'd point out gary I have an I have an apartment uh, here in town. I'm very utility, um, and I'm not being critical of, of the utility department here at all. I'm just talking about in general, just the cost. I don't know if other people have experienced. And I keep a fresh um, filter in my uh, in my um, heater and uh, at my home. My bill for January now that includes water and trash, et cetera, but it was three hundred and I believe twenty dollars. That's the highest I remember. I think it could be a variety of things. Could be inflation. Could be the high cost. So I know, uh, and that's not going to be easy for me to pay. But I'll I'll make sure it gets done. But I'm sure other if, if somebody's trying to heat a house, I hate to think what their bill is right now. So, um, but at least people know about it. And if they feel strongly one way or the other, certainly show up tonight to the council meeting and let the council know how you how how they feel all right brian houseworth news god on the gary nolan show brian thank you for being on with us thank you gary always a pleasure buddy godspeed appreciate you all right take care uh get him out of the studio now he's taking up enough time giving us information uh we don't need information we just uh we just uh we'll we'll just operate on uh fun stories like this swimmer who had a flag on his cap in honor of his grandfather, who was killed in September 11th uh, terror attack, was disqualified from a high school race in New Jersey because apparently the flag was a little too big. Yeah, the flag was a little too big. Uh, and so he was disqualified from the race. And they're getting a lot of uh, sympathy for this kid. 
The boy's father said his son, whose name was not released, was told the flag on his swimming cap was too large and in violation of competition rules. He said the opposing coach waited until after the 400-meter free relay race was over to have the insignia measured. Uh, The swim meet took place last week during Morristown High School's senior night against uh, uh, Parasipani High School. Uh, Miller's son, who's a sophomore uh, in New Jersey High School, uh, on Friday, Miller took to Twitter and and, uh, posted his disappointment. Blood is boiling. My son is part of the 200 free relay uh, to win a, a swim meet on senior night. After the final event, the opposing coach asked to measure the size of the flag on his uh, Speedo swim cap. It was two-tenths of an inch too large. So they're getting a lot of sympathy for this, and I understand the sympathy, but, you know, the truth is, if they've got rules, you got to follow them. And they didn't. I mean, I I think the coach waited too late to... I think by doing it when he did it, it was kind of a dirty, uh, cheap shot. But the fact is... He would not have won. Uh, He would not have prevailed his challenge if the flag was the proper size. Rules are rules. you got to follow them. Uh, And I know he's getting a lot of sympathy, and I feel sorry for the kid. I would never have called him on that. But, you know, you you got to follow the rules. It's he, He deserved what happened to him because he didn't. In the meantime, I do appreciate that he was willing to honor his his uh, grandfather uh, for the for the loss in the September 11th attacks. Uh, all right, we've got a lot of ground to cover and not a lot of time to do it in uh, transgender men. Apparently, they can now compete in women's pro surfing. Hulu's 1619 project is a bit of a problem. We'll try to get to those and more. Right here on the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 11.50, and uh, before we run out of time, we mentioned this on the gun show, and uh, because of this uh, big spy balloon deal from China, uh, it it was just kind of uh, an amusing little tale, uh, and apparently a true story. Back in 1945, the crew of the USS New York spotted a sphere that they thought might be a Japanese balloon weapon. The captain ordered it shot down, but none of the guns could score a hit. Finally, a navigator realized <laughs> they, they were attacking Venus. <laughs> Can you imagine their surprise? Um, yeah, the navigator realized it was, it was uh, not a balloon, but Venus. Have you ever seen Venus in the sky where it appeared that large, Brian? I'm not sure which... I'm not like an astronomer. I have no idea which uh, planet I'm currently looking at. You know, it's like, okay, there's a star. I I have no idea. Can you spot like the Big Dipper, the North Star and all that? I suppose I have, you know, one time or another looked up in the sky at night and seen the Big Dipper. Yes. It's getting so interesting out there. I'm thinking of pointing my telescope up to the sky. Just saying. Uh, yeah you're wondering where it was pointing yeah yeah (laughs) oh lord all right uh transgender men can now compete in women's pro surfing 
Apparently, uh, uh, surfing legend Bethany Hamilton uh, was not in favor. This took a stand against transgenders being included in Women's Top Surfing League. Many of the girls on tour are not in support of this new rule, and they feel ostracized uh, by it. And I, I, I don't know. Is it an advantage? Is, is upper body strength an advantage in uh, surfing? I've, did you ever surf? I did not, no. I have never surfed. I have no idea. Looks like it would be fun. Yeah, it looks like it would be fun if you enjoyed falling. Well, uh, it certainly wouldn't hurt to fall, right? You might. Unless, unless the the uh, surfboard lands on your head or something. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what the advantage is. Uh, I know that uh, the guys are going to have greater lung capacity, uh, certainly greater upper body strength. Uh, more muscular, but apparently, I mean, the whole idea that you could that you could let uh, uh, guys compete with girls just because they've got a mental problem is so stupid it defies logic. It just, it just, it's insane. And eventually, this is going to fall apart. This is going to end. Why don't they Some, just have a separate category for transgender, period, you're done. Yeah, well, let rich, rich transgenders fund that, because uh, I wouldn't be interested in watching it. Uh, I can't imagine why anybody would. Let me go to the phones here. Russ on shooting at Venus. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Uh, there were Japanese balloon bombs that landed in the northwest of the country. And there were several civilians killed as a result. So the balloons weren't, you know, that wouldn't be just a farce. Yeah, I'm sure they, I am sure they were absolutely convinced that it could be a problem. Uh, yeah. That what was humorous is that it, it was a, it was Venus. Well, uh, and you can imagine their frustration at firing rounds at it. And of course, uh, not capable of traveling thousands of miles into outer space. They were not successful. Planets can look like a big old balloon out there that you know, scare the heck out of you. Yeah. All right, Russ. Thank you. Hey. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I uh, did. Did you see Jennifer Bukowski on Fox News? I didn't actually see the. I think it was late on Friday night, and I yeah. missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched it, and uh, she she talked about seeing it out her uh, her front lawn. Did you see it? Did you go looking for it? No, I was uh, working on the computer at the time, doing some prep. And everybody else was outside, and it's like, what? If I no, <laughs> I don't care. You know, it it didn't make enough difference for me to to worry about it. it, it, it there was nothing you could do about it from here. I guess it was just the thrill of seeing it that that drove people. But we talked about it this morning when we started the program, and I do believe that the administration made it a, a pretty awful mistake. There were opportunities. They were in big sky country, miles and miles of empty nothing, where they could have shot this thing down. I think for political expedience, and literally, I think it was political. I think the, the calculation was this. We shoot that thing down and it lands on somebody's house. We're going we're, we're to get beat up. They're going to say, why did you do that? Why didn't you wait until it was a safer place? 
But in exchange for the safety of that real long uh, stretch, uh, I mean, it, it, the likelihood uh, of anything like that happening would be pretty slim, I would argue. In exchange for that, they endangered national security, the security of the entire country. Look, they they were, uh, the Canadians could have brought it down too, and didn't. And I think it sent a message. It sent a message to the Chinese that if they wanted to load a weapon and put it on a balloon and maybe uh, fire off an EMP from there that would turn off all of our electricity or send out some chemical weapon or, or biological weapon, we would be so afraid of negative political uh, 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 coverage that we would let it happen. And it also sends a message that we're really not all that picky. We're really not that uh, concerned. We can be violated easily enough. It was like poking a finger at, 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 in, in your chest to see just how hard and how far they could push you. And apparently this administration, they were pushed quite a bit. They let this thing float over all kinds of military uh, uh, installations and nuclear installations all the way across the country and finally out through South Carolina where they shot it down. That, I argue, was a mistake. Should have brought it down much sooner. The risks, and I don't know that they were able to stop it from transmitting or receiving. We won't really know that until we get our hands on it and see what it was doing. Big mistake. Big mistake, I would argue. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm, what do I have left here, Mr. Hanson? I'm running you out have of time. one minute. One minute. All right. I'm not going to have a lot of time to go into this. But Hulu is apparently making a uh, kind of a, a video of the 1619 Project, a docu-series. And it is false history. The New York Times uh, 1619 Project selected Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia as a filming location for its new Hulu docuseries. But the Times has grappled with the fallout uh, from the revelation that the 1619 Project ignored their own fact-checkers' warning against printing the charge. The Times tempered its language to apply some of the colonists, only to see reassured uh, by Hannah that her uh, public commentaries, uh, what they're saying essentially is they made things up, they twisted the truth, uh, and they, they printed it anyway. It's been exposed by all kinds of people, both on the left and the right, for being nonsense. But Hulu is going to go ahead and make it a docuseries, polluting the American brain. Glenn Beck is up next. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day, Carpe Diem. Grandbaby, honey, I'm coming home.